We've seen four games now worth of the new starting lineup with Hamadou Diallo in it. What do the numbers say that lineup looks like on the floor so far? We'll talk about that and a couple other things with that lineup in today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is a new app that helps you save money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need. It can even negotiate better deals on those that you want to keep. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free available on all your podcast platforms. And also, if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. We have crossed over 1,000 subscribers but now we got more and heftier goals that we want to go ahead and target. But let's get to 2,000 subscribers by five months from now. Let's try to get there, see if we can get it. If you haven't already, again, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. And this morning or last morning when you guys listen as I'm recording this, the day of. But last morning, I was on Woodward Sports Morning Show. It was a lot of fun. I drove up uh, to Birmingham. It was about a 35-minute drive from where I live. I live in Metro Detroit uh, in Clinton Township, if any of you guys know where that is. Uh, but, yeah, I, I was a bit of a drive, 35 minutes. Uh, but they have a great great setup, a great studio. It was a lot of fun. I honestly felt like I was famous. I walked in. They handed me a microphone. I was looking at a few producers setting it all up. I watched the – like, I legit felt like I was a famous person. So <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed going on there. It, the reception was a lot uh, – seemed to be really positive. Everyone seemed to like me going on and what I had to say. So if you haven't checked that out already, make sure you guys go check it out uh, at Woodward Sports. I was on there again this morning talking about your Detroit Pistons. Uh, but for today's podcast, man – we got some things that we want to talk about, specifically this new starting lineup. So you guys know Jeremy Grant is out for at least six weeks. Uh, he could be traded within that six weeks. Uh, his name has started to you know heat up in the trade rumors, and we've seen some rumors and, and reports say that this injury won't stop those reports and teams from being interested in trading for him. So he may be gone before he even – he may never play a, a game in a Pistons jersey again. But through four games, we have a four-game sample size – of this new starting lineup that features Hamadou Diallo at the three and Sadiq Bey at the four. Before we even get into the numbers about the lineup itself, I always want to go pure eye test before we even go with the numbers. Pure eye test, I feel like the offense is flowing a little bit better with with Jeremy gone. Uh, Jeremy soaked up a lot of possessions in isolation. He stopped the ball movement a lot. Um, he didn't. He, he was and he wasn't playing as well as last year in doing these type of things. He took it up a little bit. Took it up a notch with the isolations uh, and the mid range jumpers, which wasn't good. Uh, but also, like I said, he just stopped the ball. The ball didn't move as good with him on the floor. Uh, and and it seemed like, you know, I don't think at the time, I mean, there was a little bit of, of, of chatter about it. I wasn't doing it because I didn't read too much into it. But there was some chatter about whether Sadiq and Jeremy could play together. Sadiq, Jeremy, and Cade were all playing together because it seemed like they were all trying to do too much and it wasn't really working out there. So, through four games, you have seen Sadiq Bey play extremely well for the Detroit Pistons. He has been absurdly good since Jeremy Grant has been out. He's had multiple 20-plus games, three straight 20-plus games. He's getting to the free throw line. He's playing aggressive. He's playing the right way. His processing is much better than it was before. He's making the right decisions. He's shooting open shots. He's catching and shooting and creating off of that instead of creating off isolation. All those things with Sadiq. Sadiq has looked much better while Jeremy has been out. But what about the whole lineup in general? So, Let's see if the numbers back up what I'm saying. Do the Pistons look like they're a better team with this starting lineup than they did with the past starting lineup? Now, the past starting lineup before Jeremy Grant got hurt, 
of Jeremy Grant, Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, and Kay Cunningham. They played 15 games together. They averaged 15.5 minutes a game together. They scored, uh, not scored, they had a net rating of minus 5.9 while they were on the court. That's not very good. But like I said, like, like we've said multiple times on the podcast beforehand, they weren't, uh, the, the team sucks in general and they're getting destroyed a lot uh, per game. Their average margin of victory is much lower than it was, or much higher, I should say. Uh, actually, no. Yeah, much lower. I don't know why I, I said much higher, but much lower than it was last year. So you're not going to find many lineups that are positive. But that minus 5.3, what was it? Yeah, minus, oh no, minus 5.9 of your starting lineup, that's not very good. You don't, you probably don't want to see that no matter what. Uh, so that that's not great. Let's go ahead and swap over to the, the new starting lineup that we have of Hamdu Diallo, Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, and Kay Cunningham. This lineup has played four games together, have averaged 14.7 minutes together, and they have a net rating of minus 0.3. So nearly six points better on the court than the past starting lineup. Now, they've only played four games together, okay? They are, they're playing 14.7 minutes, so they're roughly playing the same amount of minutes a game uh, than the last starting lineup, but it's still a smaller sample size. Obviously, they played, what is it, 11 less games together than the last starting lineup has. So still a small sample size, so it could go completely south. It could, it could it, you know, it's riding pretty high right now. It could go pretty south over the next five games. Who knows? It's a small sample size. But in this small sample size, you've gotten two positives out of this. You've gotten one, Sadiq Bey is playing extremely well. And two, the overall lineup itself is playing much more much more effective and much more together. The ball is moving better. The offense looks a little bit more fluid without Jeremy on the floor. That's just the numbers back that up. So does this give the Pistons – does this make the Pistons more confident in trading Jeremy Grant? I think it does if this sustains. If they sustain to play this way, now obviously they don't you – know, I, I think they're probably going to fall a little bit. Um, the team's just not – minus 0.3 for the starting lineup – with how bad their team is and the, the opponents they're going to go against. I don't know if that's sustainable. I think they might fall to like minus 1.0, but even that would still be, was it five points better than the last lineup. So if this can be sustained, I think this would give Pistons front office and hopefully some of you fans out there more comfort in saying goodbye to Jeremy. If the lineup, if this means the line starting lap is playing better and Sadiq Bay plays better. Uh, but there's also another thing that's happening with this starting lineup. Now that Jeremy's out of the starting lineup, that we're going to talk about in the upcoming segment. I'll tease you guys a little bit, and it has to do with playing a little faster. But we'll talk about that when we come back from the ad break. But first, I got to tell you guys a little bit about some of our sponsors. First up, let me tell you a little bit about Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. And your Truebill concert is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helps save them over $100 million. So don't fall for the subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Then let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, BetOnline AG. 
BetOnline has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all their amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is also the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. BetOnline, where the game starts. I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And again, if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit the subscribe button. I want to thank you guys for helping me get past 1,000 subscribers before the end of the year, which was our original goal. We ended up getting to 1,000 with 15 days to spare. Great. I love to see it. Thank you, guys. But let's try to get to 2,000 by five months from now. If you haven't already, head to that YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Help us get to our new goal. We're going to keep setting new goals over and over and over again for our fan base, for this podcast, and show that we're the best podcast and best fan base out there at the Lockdown Network. So let's keep setting goals for ourselves and see how quickly we can keep achieving these goals. Uh, But before we went to the ad break, I told you guys, there's something else about this Steinlup that I want to talk about. Something else uh, that, that's starting to happen with the Steinlup that I've been begging, that you guys know, I've been begging for months. I begged in the offseason. I even asked for it a little bit last year. I begged for it at the beginning of this season. I've been begging for it for a long time. And that's for the Detroit Pistons to simply play a little bit faster. Play in transition. Be a young team. They're a young team. Why they're not playing faster? I didn't understand it. It didn't make any sense. Uh, and if you guys remember, I was featured in Bleacher Report, and Bleacher Report even wrote about how the Pistons are not playing as fast. Uh, and here's some numbers from Kuka Hill, host of Lockdown Pistons podcast, who backed this up with blah, 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 this, this. Yes, that was a humble brag. That was in Bleacher Report, and they uh, featured me in there. But it serves my purpose here as well. So it was a humble brag, but also contributes to the conversation that we're having right now. Uh, but before we even get into the last four games with this lineup, let's go ahead and talk about just since November 15th, which I think is a decent sample size since November 15th. That's about a month or so. Uh, so before even Jeremy before even Jeremy got taken out, before he had this injury and was, was out a long time, from that time, you guys know at the beginning of the season, for the first like two and a half weeks, three weeks of the season, you guys know that I was sitting here saying that the Pistons, uh, the Pistons were towards the bottom of the league in transitioning, towards the bottom of the league and how fast they played. Uh, it was pretty bad to watch. Uh, I don't know how many games that was through, but you guys remember that we talked about that, and they were very slow. They weren't playing very fast at all. Right now, since November 15th in the, of the NBA season until now, December 20th, where I'm recording this, the Pistons currently rank, according to Cleaning the Glass, 11th in the entire NBA in transition frequency. You guys will remember the Pistons were around 27th when we had that podcast a few weeks ago or, or a, month, what was it, a month and a half ago uh, when I talked about this. They were around 27th in the NBA in frequency. Over the past month or so, they're 11th in frequency, which is good. I'd like to see them play a little bit faster. Uh, points per play, they're still hovering around the middle of the pack. Uh, they're 18th in the NBA, but they're playing faster. I feel like that's better for their offense, and it's better than where they're at. Because you are, everyone remembers how badly their offense were was at, towards the beginning of the season for the first however many weeks. Uh, and that in transition, they also just weren't scoring very well either. Uh, it was just all around bad offensively. So right now, since November 15th, they are 11th in total frequency or all transition frequency in the NBA. But 
They're really doing their damage. And I talked about this with Bryce at Motor City Hoops on his podcast, which I featured on. You guys will also find that today uh, if you guys want to look out for that. Uh, but I talked about this with him. They're doing this off of defensive stops. So since November 15th, they are sixth in the NBA in transition frequency off of live rebounds. So this is when the, the opposing team misses and the Pistons grab a defensive rebound. They're playing fast, quick. They're getting the ball out and they're rushing it up the floor. And for what it's worth, they're scoring very well off of this. They're ninth in the NBA in points per play off these live rebounds in transition. This points per play is how many points did the team score per 100 transition plays that came off a live rebound, if you guys don't know what that was. Uh, but they're ninth in the entire NBA according to Clean the Glass. Since November 15th in this area. Now, off of steals in this area, they still are struggling a little bit. They're 22nd in points per play, uh, but they still are higher in frequency. They're 16th in the NBA in frequency in that area. But overall, my point is, is that they're playing faster since that time, and specifically off of live rebounds since that time, they're doing a great job of playing faster and getting getting bu- easy buckets for themselves and helping their offense, which we all know had been struggling for a long time in the half court. But let's screw all that. Let's talk about the last four games, which is what I really want to talk about here. The last four games since with this lineup, okay? The Pistons are sixth in the entire NBA through these four games. Sixth in the entire NBA in total frequency, transition frequency. They are third highest transition frequency off of steals. Now, like you guys, just, like we just talked about, before this, they were hovering around 16th. Off of steals now. Their third free, uh, total frequency off of transition, off of steals in the entire NBA over the last four games. They're seventh in the NBA over these four games in points per play. They're doing a great job of running off of steals, forcing steals, and scoring off these steals. And I don't think that's a coincidence with Hamadou Diallo, who it gives them the same type of length, allows them to play a little bit riskier in, in, in the in the passing lanes. And Hamadou Diallo is going to help extremely in the transition play. He's going to take off, and he's going to fill those lanes, and he's going to finish in transition. He's one of the best finisher, finishers on the team. Uh, he's a freak athlete. We talked about this on the last podcast. Watching him finish around the rim and drive to the rim, it's really a, a sight to see. I love watching it. It's fun. Uh, he's just a, he's a crazy athlete. But, yeah, he's one of the best finishers on the team. And that 100% helps them in transition. Uh, also, over these last four games, they're also fourth in the entire NBA off of live rebounds uh, in transition frequency. So my point is, over the last four games, not only has the lineup been functioning a little bit better, I don't think that's a, a coincidence at all, at all that they're also playing much faster with this lineup. They're Overall, what, what what did I say? What was their overall uh, transition frequency as a team? Sixth in the entire NBA. They go from 11th to 6th. They go from, where is it, off of steals? They go from, was it, 18th, 16th from steals to third in the NBA off of transition frequency off of steals. They're playing much faster, which is what they should have been doing all season. They're finishing much better in transition with this new lineup because of Hamadou Diallo, who's an extremely good finisher in transition and is going to take off and run. And I feel like, and, and not even just talking about transition, just simply in the half court, I feel like they've been flowing a little bit better because Hemenu Diallo is not going to sit there and soak up isolation possessions. He's not going to sit there and soak up, you know, um, he's not going to sit there and soak up the ball and hold it and before he makes his decision. Either he's going to get it, he's going to get to the rim, or he's going to keep the ball moving. I feel like we've seen that with the starting line. The ball's moved a lot better. Uh, obviously, in the first half against the Miami Heat, you didn't really get to see this because Killian Hayes picked up those three quick fouls and they ended up playing until the second half. But in the second half, they played much better in transition. They played much better in the half court. And they ended up winning against the Miami Heat 190. 
So my overall point about this, I like the starting lineup. That's basically what I'm trying to tell you guys. Starting lineup, it gets a thumbs up from me. I like it. I think it's good for the team. I think it's been good for the young players. They're finally playing a, a brand of basketball that they should have been playing all season. And I feel like if this sustains, now, like I said, we have the pockets, this could crash. It could, this could not last. This could just be a four game sample size and they won't be able to sustain it. But if they do sustain this type of play, they don't have to sustain how great they've been in transition off these steals. They don't have to even sustain their net rating of point of minus 0.3. If they crashes down a little bit to like minus 1.5 or something like that, even then, it would still be much better than what it was with Jeremy Grant. If they can sustain the type of play that they've been doing, I think that's the biggest deal. Not just the success, but the way they're playing. I think that should make Pistons front office even more confident in moving Jeremy Grant before he returns. And it should give you guys, the fans, more confidence and more comfort in moving off of Jeremy Grant because of how well they're playing and the way they're playing without Jeremy Grant. I think it's been a, a much more fun watching them over the last uh, four or so games without Jeremy Grant. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Let me know if you guys agree with that or not. But I think it's been a lot more fun without him on the floor. Uh, that maybe might just bias right there, but the numbers are not biased. That's the truth. But I told you guys in this segment about the numbers with this new starting lineup. You guys got to let me know what you guys think about this new starting lineup with him and Diallo. You guys feel more comfortable now about moving off of Jeremy Grant to the front office, feel more confident and comfort in trading Jeremy Grant now with how they're playing. How many more games do you guys need to see until you guys are secure in making that decision and that you guys feel the starting lineup actually is better with this new uh, assortment of pieces in that starting lineup without Jeremy Grant? Let me know all that in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kooky Hill. Uh, we'll have plenty more to talk about when we come back from this ad break. But first, I got to tell you guys about another one of our sponsors, and that's Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power as well. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do all that at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save with Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and covers not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And also, if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. We're trying to get to 2,000 subscribers now, five months from now. But I want to give you guys some thanks and appreciation for helping us get to 1,000 subscribers before our goal, 15 days before our goal date of the end of the year. That was really cool. It's really awesome. And the subscribers are still coming, man. We're doing great with the podcast. The fan base is growing. I'm happy to see it. Let's continue to show that we're the best fan base on the Lockdown Network. Go over there, hit the subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, but Kay Cunningham, that's what we're going to shift to at the end of this podcast. Kay Cunningham, he's always a fun guy to talk about, right? Uh, he's probably the funnest thing to talk about if you're a Detroit Pistons fan or anyone that wants to talk about the Pistons. First thing you'll say is Kay Cunningham, right? So there's been a little bit of talk now about Kay Cunningham possibly winning Rookie of the Year. Uh, he hadn't been, I guess, in the race because of his slow start off his ankle injury. You guys will remember we had a lot of people, a lot of fans making fun of, specifically Houston fans trying to poke fun at us over Jalen Green. How's that working for you guys, Houston? I, I, I'm, I'm actually, I don't, I don't know. You guys got, you guys got to refresh me. I'm pretty sure that Houston has went on this run of winning games and looking a lot better with 
I, I may be wrong about this, but without Jalen Green on the floor, he's been injured. So once he came out the lineup, they looked better. Hmm. That's interesting. Play someone needs to cue the Russell Westbrook gif. Ah, that's pretty interesting. Uh, but anyways, there's been talk about Kay Cunningham reinserting himself into the rookie of the year race. I told you guys weeks ago, give him like two weeks, get his legs back underneath him, and those shots start to fall. We'll be seeing him in the rookie of the year race again. He'll win rookie of the year. And where are we at? December 21st. And look at that. Kuka Hill was right again, guys. I was right again. And we are now seeing Kay Cunningham pop back up in the rookie of the year race. And I believe he is going to win it. But it's going to be, the thing is, his season stats, they're going to be lower for a minute because of how bad he was uh, shooting-wise for the first four games of the year. So just to give you guys an idea, if you include the totality of Kate's season, he's shooting 39% from the floor, 31% from deep, averaging 15.6 points a game. However, and this is how badly his first few games where he shot like, oh, what was it? 0 of 5 from deep, 1 of 8 from the floor, 2 of 14 from the floor, 4 of 17 from the floor. Like the first three, four, first four games where he shot absolutely piss poor and shot a lot of shots, like those first four games, this is how badly that's weighing against him. You have to remember what I just said 39% from the floor, 31% from deep. If you simply remove those four games from his season, like after that, you take uh, the stats of his next, uh, all the games after that, he's shooting 42% from the floor, 35% from deep. 80% from the free throw line. He's averaging seven, basically 17 points a game, six rebounds, five and a half assists, and 1.7 steals a game. That's simply just if, if you just take away the first four games. So that gives you guys an idea of how badly those first four games are going to hinder him. He's going to have to make a lot of shots. Like, he's going to have to shoot, like, just to get, like, his season percentages to, like, I, I'm not – I don't know what the math would be on. I don't know where to start with, like, trying to figure out that math. That That's too advanced for me. I'm a math guy. So that's too advanced for me. But I'm assuming you would have to – he would have to shoot like 55% from the floor here. And I have to think to like get the percentage up to like 45%. So I don't think he's going to do that. His percentages are going to be down for his total rookie season, I think probably. But but everyone should understand that that's, that's not the case after his first four games. He's been great. So I think he's probably going to end his season around 40, 43%, possibly 43% from the field, 42% from the field overall, uh, around 35%. Uh, from the field. So basically what he's averaging over the last uh, 20 games, uh, what is it? It was over the last 20 games, right? Yeah. Over the last 20 games, I think that will be what his season averages percentage wise will be. But I think if you just take out this first four games, I think he'll probably be shooting the rest of the season. He'll probably get up to around 44, 45%, 37% from deep, somewhere around there. Uh, and I think he's going to end up winning rookie of the year race. Uh, he's, he's been everything that the Pistons thought he was going to be. He's been a great watch. Like, man, it's been it's been extremely fun to watch Kay Cunningham play. Uh, over his last 10 games, he's averaging 19.5 points, six rebounds a game, five assists a game, 1.6 steals, a block a game, while shooting 46.3% from, from the field, 43.9% from deep, and 80% from the floor. So that gives you – or 80% from the free throw line. So that's basically who he is. That's that's closer to where he is. Now, the 44% from deep, he'll, he's probably closer to like 39% I'm going to take care of. That's going to be my assumption. But this is closer to where he is, where his season stats are going to be. And that's because of his, his slow start. So if he continues to play like this, I know Scotty Barnes is having a good year. I know Evan Mobley, he's out right now. Actually, I don't know if he's returned yet, but he's been out for a second. Uh, he was having a really good year with how Cleveland's playing. Cleveland's actually winning, but it's not just solely because of him. But that's going to count towards it. And also Fonz Wagner over there in Orlando is having a great year. 
However, guys, and we all know this in the deepest of our hearts, all Pistons fans and all the haters alike, we all know that Cade Cunningham, the number one overall pick to the Detroit Pistons out of Oklahoma State, he is the best rookie on the planet Earth right now. He is going to win the Rookie of the Year because not only is he more mature than all the other rookies, he's simply better. Like I said, we talked about this on the last podcast. This last game against the Miami Heat, he only scored four points, but yet still looked like the best rookie out there. He looked like the best rookie in the NBA still. You want to know why? Because Kay Cunningham, unlike his peers, unlike Jalen Green, who is basically only a scorer, and even when he's struggling to do that, he doesn't offer much else to the game. Or Evan Mobley, who can't really play make it, is not going to be able to ball handle because obviously he's a big guy. Or unlike Scott, and well, you know, Scotty Barnes actually does a lot of things. Scotty Barnes is pretty legit. I like Scotty Barnes. I'm not going to take too much time to, to try to go at him real quick. But Kate Cunningham, he's able to score, he's able to shoot, he's able to defend, and also he's going to attack or create double teams against himself. And you know what that's going to cause? That's going to cause four and three advantages for his teammates. And that's going to help the offense and his teammates play much better. And like we saw against the Miami Heat, where possibly someone else in this rookie draft class and many other rookies, not just one other person, but many players, not even just rookies, just many players in the NBA, most NBA players, when they get trapped every single pick and roll or get trapped every dribble handoff where they struggle and they're going to turn the ball over. Cade made the right play over and over again. He continued to find the open guy. And even when he didn't get the assist, uh, Bryce over at Motor City Hoops, he brought a breakdown out today on Twitter. And in one of the breakdowns, it was uh, Kate Cunningham being trapped. He hit the ball to Isaiah Stewart. Or no, he didn't hit the ball to Isaiah Stewart. Um, wait, no, yes, he did. I'm confusing two different plays. So basically, Kate Cunningham got double teamed off a of pick and roll, threw the ball to Isaiah Stewart on the roll. Isaiah Stewart did a quick kick out to Killian Hayes on the right wing. Killian Hayes did an ex- extremely fast touch pass to Sadiq Bay in the corner for a wide open corner three. Killian was about three passes ago. Or not Killian. Cade was about three passes ago. Killian got the assist. But that play was created off of Kate Cunningham. That was a tri- That should be attributed to Kay Cunningham's gravity. And because he's capable of making the right play, he's not going to force bad shots up. He's able to make the right pass. He's not going to force bad passes out of it. Even though he does struggle with turnovers, he made the right play more often than not last or last game against the Miami Heat. And that just shows that so, just how versatile of a player he is and why he's the best rookie on the planet Earth right now and why he will win rookie of the year. Because when he's not scoring and when he's not dropping 20 points a game and when he's not hitting five threes in a game and when he's not getting, you know, seven threes in a game and scoring 25, 30, uh, we were waiting for his first 30-point game, by the way, still. But even when he's not doing that, and getting, he only got four shots up this last game against the Miami Heat, but still he looked like the best player on the floor for the Pistons because he was finding everybody and using his gravity. That's why he's the best player in this draft class. He's able to use his gravity. He makes his teammates better. He makes himself better. He's a great player, and that's why Kay Cunningham will win Rookie of the Year, and he will be the first Detroit Pistons win Rookie of the Year since. You guys got an idea? I'm not even going to give the answer because I'm going to keep it buck with you guys. I don't know the answer. That's how long it's been. I don't know if the Pistons have ever even had a rookie of the year. That, that's, 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 that's how far back we have to go. Uh, so, yeah, Kate Cunningham, pretty great out there. But that's all I've got for you guys today on today's podcast. Let me know what you guys think about Kate and his performance over the last 10 games. Do you guys think that Kate Cunningham will eventually edge out these guys in the rookie of the year race? Now, I, I, I want to give respect to these other guys. Scotty, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, Franz Wagner, they've been performing much better. I'd say for the majority of the season, because K did have that rough stretch, uh, rough stretch at the beginning, and missed a lot of games at the beginning as well because of an ankle injury. But do you guys think that K's play for the rest of the season will be so good that that doesn't matter? Do you guys believe that? Let me know in the comment section down below, over on Twitter at Kooky Hill. 
But again, I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. Make sure you head to the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. If you guys want to check out my appearance on Woodward Sports, go check that out. It was a lot of fun to talk with the guys. A lot of fun. Uh, great setup. Again, I, I felt like a famous person. I really enjoyed it. And also, you guys can go check me out on Motor City Hoops Podcast with Bryce. I disappeared on that. That's going to be publishing the same day you guys are listening to this on Tuesday. Uh, but, yeah, thank you guys. Make sure you guys make Locked On Bets your second listen every day, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. is free and available on all platforms. Until next time, I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody, and go Pistons.